Well, what but this is George G and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Mickey Kennedy. Mickey, are you ready to do this? I am. All right, let's go. Mickey is the founder and president of e-releases. They are the small business leader for press release distribution. Mickey, again, excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal lives, more about your work and why you do what you do. Right. So uh, I am uh, a, a poet and I have an MFA in creative writing with an emphasis in poetry. And about 26 years ago or so, when I finished my degree, I just assumed I'd wait tables and uh, write poetry in the evenings. And I did that for a summer and realized that uh, it was a lot harder than you thought. Your, your body ached, your mind just felt spent at the end of the day. And I wasn't really reading or writing. So I felt like I needed a safe office job. Uh, I got uh, hired at a telecom research startup in DC as employee number three. And because I had a writing background, even though it wasn't technical writing, they wanted me to figure out press releases and get them to work for the company. And so I did that and I got really good at it. And I started to notice that after I would fax, now this was a long time ago, we were faxing <laughs> these uh, press releases. I would start getting calls from journalists asking if we could just email it to them. It was just easier to work with the numbers and data, uh, copy and paste sort of approach. So that gave me the idea in the back of my head that, you know, email would be like a, a natural progression of sending out releases. And so I started contacting journalists and asked if I could just email them press releases on their uh, industry beat. And uh, at the time, you know, this is uh, about 26 years ago, most of them said yes. And so I launched uh, just shy of 25 years ago uh, with about 10,000 journalists in my database. And I was just a matchmaker. I would uh, take press releases for clients and figure out who uh, on my list were the best people to email it to. And I, I just did that until uh, finally PR Newswire reached out to us and said, hey, you should also include our distribution as part of your own. And I just felt like that wasn't going to work because I know at the time they were charging twelve to $1,500 for like a 600-word press release nationally. And so, uh, you know, we, we, we looked at each other. If they liked the fact that we serve small businesses, their salespeople would never, you know, reach out to small businesses because it just doesn't justify, um, you know, what, what they normally spend. So um, we, we were able to sort of make it work. Uh, in a win-win situation. So all of our releases go out nationally over PR Newswire as well without having to pay twelve to $1,500. Nice. Do you still write poetry, Mickey? I, I do. I finished a book not too long ago that I'm trying to find a publisher for. Um, and uh, that's uh, a long process in the poetry world because there's every publisher that's pretty much in business for poetry is doing it as a labor of love because there is no real profit or uh, major revenue in it. So it, it is uh, one of those ones where it, it's a little takes a little time to get publishers to warm up to you. I appreciate that. How many poems are in a poetry book? Um, I think it, it's uh, usually between 50 and 80 pages. So for me, uh, I think I'm about uh, 70 pages with about maybe 60 poems. Got it. Wonderful. Well, as soon as that is out, please ring me back and, mm -hmm. and, 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 and we'll have you on to talk about that as well. Sure. So from the days of faxing, PR releases to emails, and, and, and now here we are. How have you seen how 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 have you seen i guess the industry change so i think the biggest changes are the 
recognition among media and the wires that uh you know a media source is is something that evolves uh when i started working with the newswire i had bloggers that would reach out to me and say hey mickey i'm having a hard time getting accepted as a journalist at pr newswire so i can have pr newswire access and the wire is really important for journalists because it's a place for the uh with login credentials they can go in and customize their industry feed you know they can pick keywords that they want included or excluded so they make it very specific to them which is a very valuable tool and so the the newswire was just really slow to accept bloggers as a news source um and I have to say they've they've done a 180 because uh, it's not unusual now to have on the list for uh, say fashion for example uh, Instagram Instagram influencers um, at the wire um, who have access as journalists and so I think that people are beginning to recognize that we get our news and media from lots of traditional and non traditional sources and it's something that's we're changing it's always in flux and so there are a lot of individual influencers as well as brands. that don't fit the traditional model of a trade publication or magazine or newspaper. That makes a lot of sense and my instinct is to ask do you think that that's a good thing but I don't know if that's the right term. Right. I think it is it's a, it's a good thing. It the lines are a lot more blurred with influencers than, you know, things have been in the past. Uh paid advertising looked like paid advertising. uh you know uh having a, an article written about you by a journalist you know looks like an article um and you know no money's exchanged there but with influencers it's a little bit different where you'll have an influencer that uh, is paid to you know do some videos for a specific client and things like that so um it may not always be so obvious you know the the line between advertising and you know editorial Yeah that strikes me that that is probably pretty blurry which again not necessarily good or bad we as consumers need to become better educated as well Yeah abs- absolutely I think that one of the biggest things that uh you know people recognize is you know what an ad is and so it's not unusual for people who are in the marketing space to talk about a landing page they've created for an ad that's converting at like 7% and that's like a great outcome uh because when people you know click on an ad their defenses are up and they're looking through everything through a very critical eye and what happens with a article when a journalist writes about you is completely different i mean it it it's it's not seen with the warning and filter of uh advertising that goes along with with that instead it sort of is like an implied endorsement that happens um sort of like third party corroboration when a journalist writes about you and it's not unusual uh for my clients to come to me and say hey we had like 400 visitors from this article and like 200 of them converted that's like a 50% conversion rate is that right and i'm like well it is but you have to realize that not everybody who read the article clicked through to you only the people that really engaged with it well 
but you know they engaged with it as an original article and you know it, it's sort of like the some you know social proof that you're a real entity and this is what you're about and it's not you saying it it's someone else saying it about you and so when someone reads and gets a good feeling about a company um i i do this sometimes with kickstarter campaigns i'll go to a blog and i'll read about uh what someone's doing that's really interesting and i'll get like really wrapped up in it and then i click through and i just want to buy i want to support that person and that's a very human you know nature uh to 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 you know, to to love the story, get involved in the story, and then buy as a result of it. And so it's very different than traditional marketing where you have paid advertising and things like that. Um, it's it's definitely superior to that. But the downside of it is, is there's a loss of control. You don't control what URL necessarily they're going to put uh, in their website. It may not, it's probably not going to be a tracking URL. It's going to be very hard to measure conversions and things like that, unless you have a lot of things in place to make sure that you do. Um, but that being said, you know, it is one of the things that works when you uh, obtain other people's audiences. So, you know, this magazine picked it up. You're now exposed to that magazine's audience and their readers. Um, but it also can be useful uh, with your own uh, leads and customers, you know, when you get media pickup, you know, share those links with your on your social media, put it in your newsletter, you know, make screenshots, put it on your website. Um, all of this is that same sort of social proof or implied endorsement that happens, this credibility that happens uh, with an article uh, can be conveyed to your customers. And why is that important? Because customers shop, you know, it might be yearly or every couple of years, they think maybe we should consider a different vendor in this space. And if they see that you're really serious and getting media attention, it, it sends the the signal that this company knows what they're doing and they're, they're on the right path. I don't need to shop them this year. Uh, same thing with leads. You're always going to have people who are on the fence about working with you. And if they get that, read that article, see the social proof, they might be more likely to, to, to actually work with you and engage with you. So it, it's definitely a tool that has a lot of value uh, from the standpoint of the audiences that you capture, but also using using those articles in front of your own customers and leads. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You have the opportunity to, once you do get mentioned or written about in a publication or, or included in a publication that you'd want to utilize and repurpose that as often and as frequently as many different ways as you can. It's a question I probably should have asked at the top, and I think you've answered it in a lot of ways, but what what is success as a small business that engages with e-releases? How do you think about this is a successful engagement? Right. So the, the, the end goal of any uh, press release is to get that earned media and that's where a journalist writes an article about you. Um, when you go through a service like ours and go over the wire, you're going to have syndication that happens where your press release will appear on different websites. Most of them are financial or business related, even if you're like writing about fashion or something that's completely different. Um, but that, you know, I, I always tell people that the syndicated part isn't really important. It doesn't reach as many people. It's not really, a, a, you know, so, something to, to, to find of great value. The end goal is to get those original articles that what we call earned media. And, uh, 
you know, it, it may be one or two articles. It may be none. I'd say 95% of all releases that go out don't generate any earned media. Um, that being said, you can look at the releases that generally go out and you can understand why they don't do very well. Um, we get releases about personnel changes, um, not necessarily like, you know, landing an industry veteran who's been in the uh, market for 30 years, you know, that might be worth sending a press release about. But a lot of them are just like a new VP of HR or something that just isn't really extremely significant. You know, take those messages and send them directly to your local newspaper. Um, you know, send them to a trade publication or two if you want. Um, they usually put them in the on the move section and things like that. Um, you don't really need to spend money to go over a wire to to, for those types of releases. That being said, it's the most common press release we get. Um, also, people will send out product launch press releases that are just, here's our product and here is a bullet list of all the features of this product. And you have to realize that journalists are storytellers and stories generally have an arc. And it's really hard to build a story around a, a product launch that is just a list of features. Things that I would encourage people to do is, uh, I'm sure there was people who tried the product out to see if it worked. What was their experience? These sort of use case studies. Uh, talk about the company, what its problem was, how this product solved it, uh, what their um, results were, data is really great. And then include a quote from them talking about how this product you know, fit their needs and what they have to really say about it. So that is something that journalists can build a real story around and say, here's a new product. Here's someone who used it. This was their experience. This is, you know, what expectations that you might have. And, and that really rounds out the story so much more. So um, just keeping that in mind and focusing on the types of press releases that are probably a little bit more significant in newsworthiness. Um, and I always have clients to come to me and say, we're just not newsworthy. We're, we're not important. And I always challenge them that, you know, there are a lot of things that you can do to make yourself newsworthy. Uh, one uh, is a survey or study within your industry. Um, it's not as difficult as it sounds. It's just putting yourself out there with a survey uh, in your industry, uh, building the surveys pretty straightforward using something like SurveyMonkey, four questions on each page, four pages, 16 questions overall. Just ask things that are really timely like today, what what are the things that are going on in your industry? Um, you know, uh, is the spending over the next couple of quarters going to be less? Uh, you could ask about that, and that might you know uh, sort of foreshadow a recession in your industry coming forth. Or you could talk about challenges with work. You know, is it getting more difficult to get people to go back into the office? So these are all things that you can look at. You know, what are the interesting questions that you would ask someone, uh, a colleague in your industry, if you were at a trade show, uh, you know, the water cooler talk, you know, have you noticed that it's taking, you know, 60 to 90 days to get paid where it used to be net 30? Uh, is that sort of foreshadowing something going on, you know, difficulty going on, uh, tightening of capital in your industry? So those are all the types, you know, questions you can be really creative uh, I always tell people, include at least a couple left field questions in your survey. You can put them on the last page. So if they if they if they balk at that point, you've still collected like 75 percent of their results, of, uh, you know, in that poll. And, you know, there are a lot of other different types of strategic types of press releases you could do. But most people, when they send out a survey and get the results, they pick out the two to four aha moments from the survey Focus that into a story in a press release. Include a quote of why you feel 
the numbers skewed a particular way in that issue and uh, and then send it out. On average, uh, my customers generally receive between eight and 14 original articles about uh, that survey or study. And uh, it, it really is just asking really good questions and then, you know, getting it out there. And, you know, my customers will come back and say, I don't know who to send the survey to. There are lots of small and independent trade associations in every industry. Don't go to the large ones, but go to the ones that might be like, you know, 1200 members strong or a couple thousand and ask if they would share um, that link uh, for the survey with their members and exchange, tell them that you'll include them in a press release you'll be issuing over the wire. The smaller and independent trade associations don't get the media attention that the large ones do. So they often will see these as win-wins uh, for both of them, uh, you and them. And so they're more likely to just you know share that link, whether it's social media or in a newsletter or sometimes both of those things. And, and that allows you to get some data. That's super powerful. I appreciate that. I, I love a step-by-step framework for how to actually do something. So thank you. Sure. How are you feeling about or thinking about um, artificial intelligence, the chat GPTs of the world? So uh, I think we're pretty fortunate with press releases because they're really designed for the journalists and they generally don't get turned into the article. And so if you were writing you know, articles or like your own blog post to put on your website with AI, I would advise against it because I think that Google knows pretty well what's AI language and what's human language. And I think that uh, Google, based on its past actions with links and other things, is going to want more natural results, more human written content. But if you're writing just for a journalist and it's a story, I don't see a problem having AI help you draft a press release and, you know, for the, for the media. That being said, you certainly want to review it carefully. Uh, AI ha- has a, a a reputation for sometimes embellishing, uh, especially with data and numbers or making sources up and things like that. So uh, you do want to be careful with that. But I I, I found that the content that uh, playing with uh, chat GPT 4.0, that uh, it was pretty good at putting together a press release. I found it worked best when I knew very distinctly what I wanted the press release to focus on and how I wanted it structured. So I'd say, here's the first paragraph. This is what I want. Now here in the second paragraph, I want you to focus more on this. And here's a, a great quote that I want you to include. Um, and I, I see no problem with it. I, I think that it's it can be a really valuable tool, especially for people who feel like they just writing's not their forte and they're just feeling like coming up with a, a press release in the third person just is, is a little difficult of a task for them. So I, I have no problem with it. I don't see it being a major problem in the industry uh, as long as it reads well and, you know, what it says is true and what you're focusing on is, you know, the real, you know, strategic type of press release rather than having a safe press release. So uh, if you just go to chat GPT and ask, write me a press release and here's the company, I think you're going to end up with a really soft article type press release that's not going to do very well. But if you come to it and you have really good ideas for what you want it to focus on and you feed it the right data, I think that you'll, you know, come come away with a good press release. Excellent. Well, Mickey, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How and who should be engaging with you? 
Sure. So um, the website is ereleases.com and uh, you can chat with us or call. You'll only speak to an editor. Um, and I have a free masterclass where I talk about building strategic types of press releases. So if you are ever looking into considering press releases or building a PR campaign, these are the strategic types of press releases that do get media pickup. And that's at ereleases.com slash plan, P-L-A-N. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Mickey your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to ereleases.com and check out all the great resources. If you're interested in that free masterclass Mickey was just talking about, it's ereleases.com slash plan and start getting the start getting the word out. Start getting some earned media for your company, your opportunity, whatever it is. Thanks again, Mickey. No, you're very welcome. And until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.